Uh, I post most days, but not all the time. It just depends what's going on. Um, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, I, I wake up and I start reading stuff online. Like I'm, I'm a big Reddit user, so I'm on Reddit a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, not really social media, but it, it's, it's kind of on the same line, you know, it's a message board, things like that. So, um, but you know, I generally, I, I hop up, I wake up, I check all my Instagram stuff. I see what the mentions are. I see, you know, what my comments are, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, sometimes I'll post what's going on. Sometimes I won't, you know, like I'm not, I'm not like some people, like they make it like such a priority. It's like such a big part of their day. And for me, it's like, it's not, it's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. You know, if I post, I post, if I don't, I don't, it's not being, you know, it's not a big deal at all. Well, you just mentioned Reddit, but you know, athletes, people are getting their sporting news pretty much in social media now, right? Like, and and most of the the outlets, like an ESPN or whatever is pretty much, they're posting everything in social before they're putting it anywhere else, even on TV. Are you getting information about sports from social media or are you still kind of more of a traditional guy? Uh, no, I mean, de- definitely on social media a, a little bit. You know, like, I'm, like I said, I'm a bit, I'm, I'm big with Reddit just because, like, there's so many people that you can follow, mm-hmm. you know, and I can try and check every single feed and every single person's stuff, or I can just go to Reddit and kind of see, like, the, the top things, you know, like the people right. that are, um, people going to go and, you know, kind of aggregate and, and pull up, like, the most uh, popular things. So that's why, like, I, I think I like read it. Yeah. You know, social media is great, you know, but it's, it's tough sometimes, especially, like, the algorithms are always changing. So True. someone can post something on Facebook, I could follow them on Facebook, but I still might not see it right away, you know? Um, same thing on Instagram or wherever else. So, um, so I can't, like I said, I, I like I can't figure out that algorithm thing because it keeps showing me the people I don't want to see. Yeah, I, I think it just... It, <laughs> <laughs> it's always changing, you know, like it, it, it's supposed, I think, I think in theory it's supposed to be okay. The people that you interact with are, are people that, you know, I think so you are like your closest friends yeah. and those are the people that's going to show you the most, but it doesn't always work that way. I don't yeah. think. Well, you know, Reddit is, in my opinion, a social media platform. And I think people tend to think of social only as, you know, it's Facebook or it's Instagram or no, it's TikTok. But I look at things like gaming and I feel like when you're like on an Xbox Live situation, that's very much a, a social community. And I know you're a gamer. Do you find people engage with you in that space just the same as they do in, in a typical social platform? Uh, yeah, they definitely do. You know, um, you know, for me, it's like, I, you know, I generally, if I'm playing Xbox, I'm not looking to talk to people a whole lot. You know, like I have my friends I'm talking <laughs> with, but I'm not really... I'm not trying to be friends with people. I'm not really trying to, you know, interact all that much. Like, there's definitely, I have, I have some people that I'm, I'm good friends with now that, like, I, I didn't know them. You know, like, I posted on Twitter or something. I was playing Xbox. And, you know, and then, you know, became, like, really good friends from it. Um, so, it's like, there's definitely, there's, there is a way to kind of interact with people more so. But I think a lot of people, like, when they're, you know, on, like, something like Xbox or something, like, they, they're trying to engage people. But sometimes you're just not trying to engage people, yeah. you know. And it's a whole different thing when you start talking about like Twitch and things like that with people streaming and all that kind of stuff. It just gets even crazier. And Absolutely. that's like kind of like the hybrid of like social media and, you know, YouTube and all that kind of stuff. It, it gets it gets kind of cool. I think what you just mentioned, though, is one of the positives, right? Like social definitely is not all bad. I think we tend to gravitate toward the negative side of it. But community building is really a positive. And you just talked about you met somebody through Twitter. Like, what do you think are the most positive things that social media brings to people now? Um, I, I think the big thing is that, you know, like, you get to interact with so many different people. You know, like so many people can reach me on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. They wouldn't be able to, you know, get a hold of me otherwise. You know, like I have tons of people at my gym. They're always like, oh, I'm, I'm surprised you're here at the gym. It's like, like, what else would I be doing? You know what I mean? Like, what do people think that I, I would do? Like, I, I have a gym. I run my gym. I run my classes. You know, I, 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 I like training, which is why I got so good at it. You know, why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't I be here? You know, and, right. um, you know, but those people, you're kind of limited geographically by that. You know, like people that live nearby, you know, they come and they can train at my gym. If they, if someone lives in, you know, across the country or across the world, like there's no way they'd be able to like come to my gym and train and, 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 you know, get that kind of access to me, you know, but 
hop online, hop on Twitter, hop on Instagram, hop on whatever you want. You know, people can talk to me and, and do whatever. And I think that's really, really cool. That's very true. Well, as an athlete, you know, I mean, obviously you, you get a fight based on what, you know, the UFC or whoever chooses to do. But from an endorsement perspective, things have changed so much in the last five, 10 years, right? It used to be about, you know, how popular were you or, you know, how great were you at live events? And now it's how many followers do you have? How many likes do you get? How many people are watching your videos? How has that changed things from you when you're looking at it from the athlete perspective? Um, you know, I, I think that Overall, I think that like the, the whole endorsement thing, sponsor thing is always, it, it's always been the same thing, right? It's always been the same thing. You know, why, you know, people were, you know, sponsoring Michael Jordan early on mm-hmm. because he was so popular, but because it was, he, he had so much, so much influence over so many people. You know what I mean? And that was a big deal. You know, it's the same thing now. It's just that now that you can actually put a, a little more of a number to it, you know, it's a, the follower count is a little bit more of a concrete number mm-hmm. on what's going on. You know, you got the blue check mark, so right? I, You're good I to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, People can see a number. You say, "Oh, someone that's got you know a million followers versus someone that's got twenty-five million followers." Like you know, like it's you. You might have to pay for the twenty-five million if you're trying to get that, you know. But <laughs> it's going to cost you more. But it is it is a more concrete number instead of like, "Oh, this guy is popular. This guy is good." It's like, okay, well, how many people are, are tuning in though? How many people are paying right. attention to what you're doing? Right. I think it's just it gives a more concrete number. I think. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I have loved most about following you in social is that you kind of share your family life, right? Like you, you guys chose to share your son's health journey through social. And I, and I wonder if you had any concerns in the beginning, if you had to talk about it and decide, did you want to share it? Or did you decide that the positive of having people around the world supporting you and following you was, was going to be more impactful? Um, you know, I think that people, people see, you know, when you're talking about athletes and things like that, like, you know, you see pretty much like the highlight reel all the time, right? You see them, you know, people that have made the very top that have done very, very well, but you see them doing, you know, winning games, doing this, that, and like, you don't really get to see like all the, the daily grind stuff, you know, like, and, mm-hmm. and things are, things are not as picture perfect as like people would like to think sometimes, right? Like, it's like, oh, this guy just does nothing. He just, you know, he just makes all this money. He just wins games all the time. He just does this, he does that. You know, it's like, they don't see all like the super boring, monotonous kind of mm-hmm. drilling stuff. You know, like, they don't see all that hard work. They don't see all the sprints, all the running, all the, the crappy parts of it because it's not right. fun to watch people suffer it's not fun to watch people have crappy days you know, like it's it, you know so when it, when all this stuff with joey when joey was really sick you know a, a part of it was the fact that it just you get to kind of let people know that like like sometimes crappy things happen you yeah. know for me it was like it wasn't like it, it was just kind of like a good outlet for me to just kind of talk about it because i'm i'm not i'm usually like in when it was first happening i wasn't super open about it um you know but it's just it's 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 kind of nice just to kind of see other, other people have crappy days too it just makes you feel a little bit better about yourself like yeah. i know you know, for me, it was like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like it's the end of the world because, you know, my son is so sick and all this bad stuff is happening, you know? And then, you know, I started looking up online, I started Googling and all this stuff. And it's like, you start seeing like these articles that are like the worst articles ever. It's like worst case scenario, like doomsday articles, right. you know, but then you also see all these, all these things that other people have shared in the past too, that, you know, like, oh, this, this little kid is doing great now. Like he was really sick, but he's doing great now. You know, like, it's just, it's kind of nice to kind of see the good side of things, you know? So um, you know, I didn't know if the stuff with Joey was going to, you know, continue to go good, right. but I was, I was pretty right. confident that, you know, things were, had, were trending in the right direction. So we went with it and yeah. it worked out great. Well, it was a great story to follow and I love to see the pictures of him now. So happy and fun. And he looks oh, like okay. a future he's, fighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would keep saying we got to get him in a model. We'll see. Oh, he's adorable. Yeah. I don't know why he isn't. Well, you know, you guys did choose to to share your story. I think a lot of of influencers, athletes, celebrities choose not to do those posts about their their personal life. 
One, because I think it gives accessibility, but two, I think, how do you know when it's too far, right? Like you post a picture of your family. I, I was saying this the other day, if one more person tells me that my dog is fugly, I'm going to lose it, right? Like, and this is only my dog. I can only imagine if they were talking about my husband or my, my wife or my child. Do you, do you have to deal with that? Like when you, when you open up your life like that, does it kind of give a whole new level of people feel like they can comment on that? Um, it, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely a different dynamic. You know, like I said, like, but like, I, I don't really get bothered by it. You know I mean? Like people can say all kinds of stuff about okay, like, oh, you, you, Joey has big ears just like you. You know, like, it's like, it doesn't really bother me that much. They can say whatever they want. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, I think when, when stuff is like, there's a little bit true, I think is when it hurts the most, mm. you know, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't let it bother me. Like, it's just, you know, like water off a duck's back. It doesn't really matter. Right. Um, you know, kids, people are going to try to get a rise out of you. Like, that's pretty much what it is. Like, so I don't get too worked up about it. It's just... Um, you definitely, you are exposing yourself. You are opening yourself up a little bit more to have other people, you know, go and tell you, you know, how to make decisions that affect your kid's life or whatever else. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, it definitely, you are giving them access there a little bit. Um, but I got thick skin. Nothing doesn't really bother me too much. Well, you have thick skin. You're a fighter. But what about your friends and family? Like, does it bother your, your family? Do they ever want to jump in and be like, oh, you're a jerk? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, so I'm, I'm, I'm like, so I, I, I'm generally like the nicest guy, but I'm also like the biggest jerk to like my friends and family. Like I'm just like kind of like giving people a hard time all the time, always running pranks, always doing stuff, you know, like I have like, there's been so many times like when I, I told like uh, my friend Joe one time, like, oh, you don't have school. You know, it was, there was something going on like where he wasn't going to have school or something. And I was, I was just messing with him. Like, oh no, you do have school. Like it's just, you know, like, and I got so many messages like, oh, you're so mean. You're so this, you're so that, you know, and it's like, it's it, it definitely, there's a little bit of, you know, hate coming back from the stuff like that but but he, he's got to get thick skin he's got to be good he's got to have thick skin too uh well i can attest that you are a very nice person i have really enjoyed getting to know you over the years and i really want to thank you for the, taking the time to talk with us today and share your your social journey with us so thank you so much for your time Anytime. oh you know Appreciate what it. one last question though for those listening um and they do want to follow you on social because you are really interesting where should they go uh, pretty much everything is at Joe Lozon. So J-O-E-L-A-U-Z-O-N. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think TikTok is for me, so I'm not on there yet. <laughs> uh, you know, but if, uh, you know, if anyone wants to train me, uh, my, my gym is in Easton, Massachusetts. And it's LozonMMA.com. Perfect. Thank you again for your time. No problem. Thank you. Well, welcome to our show today, Brianna McNeil, Olympic champion runner, um, who's also a fabulous social influencer. Thanks for joining our show. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I know that you have been busy training hard lately, so we thank you for taking the time. I have to ask you, as an athlete and somebody who basically posts on social pretty significantly, how do you find the time to do it all? Because you're posting on social pretty frequently. Um, honestly, it's just all about having a balance and just making sure that I have all my priorities in order and just making sure that whatever I'm posting and whatever I'm doing, make sure that it's, um, it, it's something that I want the, my viewers or my followers to um, see and also for it to be a positive influence on their lives. Because when you're scrolling down, when you're scrolling on those timelines, uh, those type of things are getting into your mind, it's getting into your thought process. So I want to make sure I pay attention to those things and just prioritize that. Um, the best way that I can. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, you know, as a female athlete, uh, you know as, as much as anybody how much scrutiny there is for that. And what we've been talking with some people about is, you know, athletes are finding that people feel like they have complete access to them all the time through social. And so they comment on everything. They DM them. They want to have these conversations. But it's harder even for women because they not only want to talk to you about your sport, they want to talk to you about the way you look and the clothes that you wear. Are you seeing that? And is that kind of, is that problematic for you? Is it frustrating for you that they're talking more about the way you look than what you're actually doing on the track? Um, uh, I don't get too much of, well, maybe if it's from like the males that would DM me, but I don't get too much of like, uh, comments or, uh, DMs about the way I look a lot of the times. If it is, it's probably about my hair or something, which I don't mind because I, I love, I'm like a, I guess you would say a hair connoisseur. I love to switch my hair up and, you, do you know, have, be, good hair. have fun with it. Yeah, you do yeah, have so good I, hair. I like to have fun with it. And if I, it stirs up a conversation, I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, athletes are also impacted by social media because what we're seeing is so many brands and partners are looking at the number of followers you have and the engagement and how people people are watching your videos before they're actually doing endorsements with people. Where it used to be, were you the best athlete, so we want you to wear our shoe? Now it's, are you a really good athlete and how many millions of followers do you have? Have you seen that change over your years as, as far as endorsements go? Uh, I definitely see that playing a big part as far as it comes with endorsements. And I think that's, and I think it, especially with track and field, it's kind of a, it's it's a struggle for us because our sport isn't like as popular mm-hmm. as all the other sports and we don't get as much um, recognition, especially in America. So the amount of followers you do have increases your, um, I guess, your value to, to these companies. So it kind of sucks sometimes if you don't have a lot of followers and you are successful but at the end of the day, well, unfortunately, this is the times that we're living in and you have to readjust and try to, you know, use it to your advantage and try to magnetize whatever it is that you uh, have passion for and do your best with using that through social media. Mm-hmm. Well, you post a lot about your family and friends as well. It's not just about athlete- athletics. I mean, I know you, you post about your dogs, which I happen to love. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you decide what content you post and what you're willing to give people access to? Because we've talked to a lot of people who say, I don't post about my kids because they end up calling them ugly or stupid or, you know, oh, their ears are bigger than yours or whatever. Like, how do you know what's the right thing to post that makes your fans feel connected to you, but not too connected? Uh, I, I feel all of that. <laughs> and so what I do is just try to, for me, what I want people to view and see me as, I guess I, that's, that's, that is how I post the things on social media. So I try to post things that are much, a lot positive and just be very transparent as far as my career. Because the majority of the things I post is about, it's, it's mainly my career or like my dogs or something like that. I don't put too much of my personal life on there. But um, yeah, I just, just want like everyone to see that I'm a human being, just like, they are and just try to be as relatable as possible and that's how I um decide what I post and to also be someone that can you know lift someone else's spirit up if they are down you know absolutely absolutely do you think uh the critics out there especially the haters do you think they're harder on women than they are in men when it comes to social media most definitely I feel like uh, society view women in a certain way and they they have these expectations that we're supposed to be this or that so I think they try to micromanage women on social media unfortunately mm-hmm. but I feel like now 
women are finding we're finding ourselves and we're becoming who we are and embracing exactly who we are and no matter what anyone has to say and I think that it's been such a great um time of time I guess I guess a great time in life to just see a lot of successful women in life to you know break a lot of barriers Absolutely. Well, I love that, you know, yeah, there's definitely negatives to social, but there's also a lot of positives too. And I think if we look at things like social movements, like Me Too, right, which is completely Mm -hmm. socially driven, it's definitely making a change for women. And so when you see these kind of campaigns, do you get excited about them? Do you really want to participate? Do you encourage other women? Oh, most definitely. Uh, Especially if I have the knowledge about something um, or if I've been through that experience, I definitely encourage anyone especially when it comes to me too uh, because you don't want the person to feel alone I think that when one person speaks out it gives the opportunity for the next person to speak out mm-hmm. or go to someone else, someone else to get help because at the end of the day it's all about our health and uh, that's the main that's the main focus of the whole thing so yeah well, speaking of health, you you participated, you know, obviously Providence and Wellbeing Trust are connected and you participated in the 30-day challenge where you actually helped to educate people, remove the stigma of mental health, but then educate them on facts and then encourage them to, mm-hmm. you know, to do things. How What does that mean to you to be in part of a campaign like that and to really be able to use your social platform with and your voice for good? Oh, it means so much to me, honestly, especially being a professional athlete. It's very hard to, you know, wake up every day and work so hard and put my body through so much and and not take a toll on my mind. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's very important for other people to know and understand that um, even even though I'm struggling just like you're struggling in some sort of way, no matter what it is. And I think that we all struggle in a way and it's no, no one struggle is more than the other. And I think that being able to be relatable and being able to share that my thoughts on that is a great thing and I want to just be able to help others when it comes to, you know, mental health in the best way that I can because I think that it's something that is very, very important in life in general. And when you when you do that, when you post something like that, like the Be Well Challenge and, and you see all of the positive and the comments that come in from people, how do you respond or how does that make you feel? Like do do you have a chance to respond to them and, and say thank you for sharing your story? Um, it feels great, honestly. It it just makes my heart smile mm-hmm. if, if my message can get to anybody because I just know that, okay, I had some purpose in this moment for this post that I had. This gave me a little bit of purpose, and that's all I ever want is just to have a little bit of purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as an athlete, you're going to have ups and downs, right? You're going to have good finishes, bad finishes. You're going to have injuries. When you go through a time, whether it's bad press or an injury or, or you didn't finish the race where you wanted to, how do you handle the negative comments that people make? Or do you just ignore them? Like, when do you engage? When do you not? Uh, I honestly kind of ignore negative comments. I think that if I were to respond, it could be just in a time when I'm being very emotional. But majority of the time, I try to stay away from negative negativity, mm-hmm. especially when people are on the outside looking in because they don't know what I do on a day-to-day basis. So at the end of the day, those opinions or, you know, it doesn't matter to me. So that's just how I look at it. Well, obviously, your posts get scrutinized just like everybody else's. Have you ever had a moment mm-hmm. where you posted something and regretted it or said, I really shouldn't have done that or had to take it down? Any time that you said, uh, that was a learning experience for me? Oh, for social media, I don't think I have done that yet. Hopefully, I won't ever. <laughs> knock on wood. Somebody knock on wood. <laughs> right. I don't think I've ever posted anything and regret it. Mm-hmm. 
because I try to make sure I, I even I will ask my husband, okay, is this okay to post? I make sure like, you know, I'm saying the right things. If I don't, I don't want to offend anybody, you know. So I take those things into consideration before I mm-hmm. post anything. Oh, nice. Well, that's good. Congratulations to you on that. And it's good to have a network that you can run things by. I think that's where a lot of people make mistakes is they just post something on a whim. They don't even think about it and they certainly don't ask for a second opinion. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know, a lot of people use social media because they are struggling with issues, right? They're unhappy. They don't have friends. They don't know what to do. They're being bullied. What do you think? uh, Do you think it's good? I mean, do you think being able to scroll through a feed if if you're feeling sad and maybe see happy posts is a good thing? Like, do you feel like more people should use their feed to provide positivity in this world? Most definitely. I just was talking to um, my cousin actually a couple days ago about how I think we were discussing how, like, um, I guess people in the world were saying how right now in this generation, things are crazy. People are depressed and a lot of mental health issues going on and I really think it, it is because of social media and I think it's because everybody is on there comparing themselves to others you kind of feel uh, you feel like you haven't reached a certain level because this person has met a certain level so mm-hmm. it's just kind of a lot of things that um, could affect someone especially if they're not mentally strong or if they're not in a place where they're feeling confident or about themselves it could be uh, it could be negative but I, and that's and to say that we should post more positivity, I think that is exactly why, just so that we can encourage more people, um, no, regardless of where they are in their lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I guess it's just, we're, it's, social media just makes so much stuff accessible and it can kind of just, I don't know, put you on this like addictive state when you're on it. <laughs> you start thinking about things that other people have said and then you start to put it related to your life when it could not even be that at all so it's true I mean you you go through such a range of emotions when you're scrolling through a feed there's a happy puppy dog yeah yeah, you can go through like five different emotions in Mm -hmm. like two seconds (laughs) and hunger hunger is one of them because I swear to you like every fifth post I see is food which is probably an algorithm because I probably like a lot of like recipes but I swear if I go to Instagram I'm hungry in two minutes or less Right, I know. Especially me. <laughs> if you're like a foodie, I'm a foodie too. Mhm. Do you use, do you use your social platforms to help people when it comes to like sports and training and injury prevention? Are you sharing tips, or is it really more just about kind of the what you're doing in your career at this point in time? Um, I sometimes share things on my story, or even on uh, Twitter, like as far as like um, dietitian and stuff, like nutrition and stuff like that. Those are things that I've struggled with and. I know a lot of athletes or truck runners, they always uh, ask, what is your daily diet like or something like that? So I, I would, could, I would um, you know, post things to mm-hmm. just, you know, help them understand what it is to be a professional athlete and the type of eating schedule I would have. Mm-hmm. So those are some, some type of things that I would do. Or even like my hair, some people are like, how did you do this hair? How do you get it this way? And I can get them some tips about that as well. Oh, nice. So yeah. yeah, if someone has questions, I would, I'll pretty much answer the majority of the time. <laughs> have you had um do you do you offer up live interactions like do you do facebook live or instagram where you ask give people a chance to ask you questions uh i don't <laughs> i honestly don't use social media as much as, much as i probably should i guess we but won't I tell your publicist I <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i do the um do you have the, the q a on instagram mm-hmm. and i'm like ask me a question so i'll do that here and there all right 
Well, I love it. I already get to ask you all the questions I want, but next time you do it, I'll probably ask a question anyway. Um, (laughs) Have you had any like one really positive experience in social where maybe you posted something and somebody sent you a message or a comment and basically said, wow, this changed my whole day or this changed my whole outlook. Have you had those kind of experiences? You know, I actually had those a lot of the time. Um, Mainly because a lot of times when I post, I kind of, I would post like something I would go through and just try to be like, I'm going through this, but I'm just going to stay strong. I have faith. And if you're going through something, I want you to just don't give up. And a lot of times when I post things like that, I get a lot of great feedback and it makes me feel really good. I love it. Well, I love that you're using your platform for good. I love that you're making a difference, especially with young girls out there, because I know you have a lot of young females that are following you. Is there any one Mm -hmm. tip that you would give to them and say, hey, this this one thing you need to know about social media? Yes, I would say that don't believe everything you see. (laughs) Good one. And to go at your own pace and don't compare yourself to nobody else. You, You are only you are the only you that is created on this earth. There is no one like you. And you just got to embrace that. Uh, Those are very wise words, Brianna. I love it. Thank you so much for your time today and for spending this time with us. And I would love to give you one little shout before we leave. If people want to follow you, what's the handle? Oh, yeah. My handle is Bri Rowland. So it's B-R-I-R-O-L-L-I-N. Wonderful. Well, I already follow you. And to anybody who's listening, I would suggest following her because it's great feed. So thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. And we hope to have you back sometime. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, too. Nice talking with you. All right. You have a good one. You, too. Thank you. Well, our next guest is no stranger to the Providence family or the Dash family, for that matter. Julie Alexandra is our co-host on the Future of Health show, as well as having her own show on our station called Do Tell Mama. So welcome to the show, Julie Alexandria. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, We love you, Julie. (laughs) Well, you know a lot about social media and all the goodness that it can bring, but you also know about the negativity as well. And especially as a woman who's worked in sports and entertainment for a while now, you've seen how people can really use social to troll on women reporters and hosts. So talk to me a little bit about the experience that you've had throughout your career and how it's changed via social. Mm, It's so true. And, you know, as a sports reporter, as a female working in sports, it's pretty much in our contracts. Mm -hmm. This is something we have to do. So the whole argument of, well, just stay off social media if you don't (laughs) like the responses. I mean, that doesn't really apply here because when we sign that contract to cover that team, to work for that network, whatever it may be, it's in the contract. So that means we have to tweet out score updates or we have to post photos with, you know, sort of directing people to the interview so that we can promo the show, the pre and post game. So, you know, tweeting and being on social media and tweeting about what happened in the game, that's all part of the job. God forbid we have an opinion about the game. Um, I just experienced this recently with the World Series and the MLB postseason. I've been working in baseball for 10 years. I have a job that most trolls online would give their life to do and yet they try to not try to because they do belittle me with like one sentence and my favorite one that I've seen the most recently is um I'll tweet a response or I'll put something out there and then I'll get the response of who the expletive are you (laughs) and I'm like really? Like, well, gee, I have a job that um, you can only dream of, number one. And number two, look at my bio. Then you'll know who I am. 
but it's like, you know, they, they can find any sort of thing to pick on you from your appearance. I mean, I've heard it all basically. Um, and I think the worst is when they second guess your knowledge Absolutely. and being a female in the sports industry. I mean, Mary, I think you can attest to this. You have to be doubly prepared mm-hmm. because people will automatically discount your knowledge and your involvement based on your gender. And, oh, and if you make one mistake, you're done, right. right? Like your credibility one shot, mistake, one mistake, done. whereas a man could make a mistake every episode and it's eh, whatever, right? Right. Right. It's like, oh, well, you know, he's he's getting old. I worked Dick Enberg, the great Dick Enberg. I, I worked his last season when he was um, the broadcaster for the San Diego Padres. And I was his sideline reporter. And rest in peace, Dick Enberg. But, like, he would mix up players and make egregious mistakes. Ugh. And part of it was his failing health. And part of it was his eyesight and his memory. But he would confuse players on the base paths all the time. And it was almost embarrassing, but people would never say anything because of who he was and his illustrious career. If I had made even a, 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 a just a, a half of the mistakes that he did, I would have been out of a job. Um, but then again, you can't compare my career to his at all. But it's just one of those double standards it's that you just have to be doubly double prepared. Standard. Um, and, and the social media, you, you know, I, I get the response. Well, don't, don't read the comments, but it's tough because you do get some wonderful comments in there as well. And they say, if you believe your bad comments, you have, you know, if you believe your good comments, you have to believe the bad ones, which makes it really difficult. Um, well, sometimes those people are asking you really important questions and it actually helps you then prepare for the next interview or the next program. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it also, you know, on the on the upside of social media, it gives you a chance to connect with your fan base. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one thing that I take away from it. And that good outweighs the bad, because with social media, there is this feeling of transparency. And that's also for better or for worse, because people think that they have an automatic direct line to you all the time. Right. And you know, it's almost like they think they're your neighbor as you're walking out to your car in your driveway. And they're like, hey, I like that shirt you wore yesterday. <laughs> and you're like, thanks, Mark from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> so <laughs> by the way, we're not friends. <laughs> right, exactly. I've never met you, but thank you. Um, but yeah, it's really it's crazy. The comments that you get as a female sports reporter. I once sat on a uh, plane, a cross-country plane flight with the team and the broadcasters, and I was sitting next to one of my co-hosts, who was a male, and we tweeted out kind of pretty much the same um, wrap-up of the game, and the responses that he got versus the responses that I got, and we compared notes. Do tell. Yeah, it, it was pretty telling. I mean, all the guys agreed with him. All the guys said, yeah, you know, I love listening to you. You're one of my favorites. And then for me, it was mostly comments on my outfit. Right. I was just, so I was actually, I was just going to ask you that because we talk with female athletes about the same thing. Guys post something about a workout or whatever. And it's, oh, give me the, you know, give me the regiment, whatever you look great. I like this. And with guy or with the girls, it's, oh, your hair's awful. Or you should really put makeup on or like how much of it is really about the looks. Yeah, so much of it is. And and so much of social media, if you want to get into that, mm-hmm. is about this sort of um, false 
<laughs> expectation, false expectation of, or unrealistic expectations of what women should look like in general. The filters um, alone, so, is, it's just, yeah, it's destroying society. Completely, completely. Um, I think in a way we have forgotten what real people look like mm-hmm. in photos. And we have gotten so far away from what natural God-given features are. I mean, you have, you have filters on social media that make you look like you had plastic surgery. It's, it's gone so far afield. But I think um, what I take away is that it, it does make me think twice. And it does affect me because as much as I can say, oh, well, I don't care. I will, as I look at my closet every morning when I pick out my outfit, you know, I'll come across a green top and I'm like, oh, I got a lot of compliments when I wore that. Oh, maybe I'll wear that. Or, mm-hmm. oh, so-and-so said they didn't like that top. Maybe I'll just put that in the back of the closet. So it does affect me as much as I hate to admit that. Um, but it's, you can't ignore it. I, I really commend the female sports reporters who do. But also part of our contract is to respond. Mm-hmm. And my producers like it when we engage. Uh, not with the negative ones, because I think fighting back and talking back to the haters online is futile. I don't think you win anything from it. You're just giving them um, the, the, you know, the attention that they wanted. You're not going to sway them because half the time they don't even really mean it, right? Exactly. And what I have seen, though, on the positive angle, I have seen a few admins on different Instagram um, pages. I am specifically vocal on the Major League Baseball ones. And there's some parody accounts that are pretty and some meme accounts that are pretty funny, but can also be a little crass. So they garner a bit of a crass audience, as you would imagine. And anytime I post on them, because I do think they're genuinely funny, I'm hit with all sorts of comebacks. But I have seen a lot of the admins come to my defense oh, nice. and kind of spin it back on the guys. And you know, when they say that, that uh, common, well, who the, you know, bleep are you, um, I'll have admins and other, other posters write back and say, um, she's a blue check mark. She's verified. She's a sports reporter. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but my favorite response to any hater, which I learned from one of my favorite Instagram accounts, if anyone is hateful to you online, if anyone says anything mean, the best response after no response but if you just have to write something if you have to get something in there um i suggest wow you must be a blast at parties (laughs) saying it all in one little nugget i love it that's amazing well, <laughs> that's my favorite because it shuts them down real quick. It's true. It's true. Well, you know, Julie, I think it's really important too because you've been in the sports a long time and you're very knowledgeable. I mean, I've had many a conversation with you and I'm just super impressed by that. But what we're finding these days is that you have people who are great reporters, you have great music artists, you have great actresses, but they're not getting cast, they're not getting hired, they're not getting the jobs because they're getting taken over by people who are insta famous. And the thing, you're lucky, right? Because you're beautiful and you're smart and you're talented, but not everybody is. And so, what do you what do you think? the future looks like if these jobs are going to continue to be going to the people who have the biggest engagement or the biggest follower base? Oh, girl, nothing 
gets me more upset. <laughs> um, that is a huge, huge, huge thing. So here's what we've seen. And here are two instances that, that are personal experiences with exactly what you just mentioned. So there was an online magazine that is a very popular, I won't name the name, but it's a very popular magazine. You see it in all the checkout counters. Um, they talk about people if that gives you any hint. And um, they were casting for a host to do a live daily show where they had so much access because they're a major publication. So they have wonderful far-reaching access to get Brad Pitt to come in and do an interview. So I wanted this job so badly. And they ended up going with a girl who had never hosted before, but she had a very popular nail blog. No. Yeah. She had a very popular nail blog. And I thought to myself, how does that translate to interviewing celebrities? Which you've done now, your another, entire career and you've done roundups and you've done celebrity. Like, right. No, that's that's what you've done. Totally. And, and I'm not saying that I was the only person or the right person for the job at all, but at least give it to someone who has right. worked in this field and worked their way up. Another perfect example of this that failed miserably. And by the way, as a follow up, um, I don't think that that nail blogger lasted more than six months and then they realized uh it doesn't translate and that's the biggest realization that advertisers brands networks are realizing is that although someone may have two million followers on social media that doesn't mean that they're going to tune in because chances are if they have that big of a following on youtube or on social media those followers don't even own a tv when you have these bigger shows or other multimedia platforms they don't translate. Your viewers and your fans and your likes are usually pretty specific to that one platform. Mm-hmm. So if you're big on Instagram, that doesn't mean that people are going to tune into your YouTube channel or right. your TV weekend update show. So uh, when this really came to light, and one of the best examples of this is, I believe it was ABC who televises the Oscars. And instead of hiring red carpet hosts to interview A-list celebrities, this is the Oscars, right? This right. is the Super Cream Bowl of the crop. Of Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. Cream of the crop. I mean, you got to be on your game. You got to know every actor out of costume, out of makeup, and in their ball gowns, and exactly what they were able to accomplish and what they're nominated for. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a huge job. They chose two YouTube kids. Um, who had a who had to their to their credit have a huge YouTube following online, um, not based on any sort of entertainment uh, content, but they had a huge following because they created content. Well, they didn't know who any of these actors were because not only did they not work in Hollywood or in entertainment, but they were also a, a good fifteen years younger sure. than any of the celebrities that were nominated. Meryl Streep meant kids. nothing to them, right? Nothing to them. George Clooney, who? And so they were on the red carpet and they had no idea who anybody was. And their attitude, since they didn't know and they didn't care, came off as very um, nonchalant, very mm-hmm. apathetic. And they were kind of like, OK, wait, so who? So wait, so what did you do? Oh, and they're no. asking this to like Marley Maitland and to, you know, just Jeffrey Tambor and like incredible actors who were nominated for career making and career defining awards and they did not take it seriously and it was such a there was a huge backlash because viewers at home were like are you serious this is not the kids choice awards or whatever this is yeah totally and so what i think we're gonna see and, and i think we're kind of coming to the tail end of it because it was really popular for the past 
I would say, five years to hire, quote unquote, influencers, quote unquote, brand ambassadors, YouTube celebrities to host and to be a part of major award ceremonies and huge tentpole entertainment content. But I think what we're seeing is a swing in the opposite direction where, as I mentioned, they're not seeing the returns on the audience transferring. So, they, you know, networks thought, Travel Channel thought, hey, if we get this guy to host our Travel Channel show, we're going to get a million viewers because he has a million followers. Well, that is not necessarily so. And then they're also seeing a deficit in the ability to accomplish the task at hand because when you are blogging or vlogging from your living room, that's much different than being on a set, on a hot set with lights, with script attendees with uh, script supervisors and costume and wardrobe and live TV. That is a whole nother animal. It's so much pressure. Mm -hmm. It's so much pressure. And, and that's why we're seeing shows that will last maybe one season and then get canceled when they have a host who has not been trained. Perfect example is busy Phillips. She had her own show on E a fun show, an entertaining show, but when she had A-list celebrities that came on her show, the interviews were so lacking and they were not that interesting because she's a very interesting person herself, but that doesn't always translate to being a professional interviewer. And her show only lasted one season. And it's unfortunate because she has an amazing following Mm -hmm. online. I follow her. I think she's hilarious. But, but, just because you are an interesting person and a child of a celebrity and a celebrity in your own right, because I'll give that to her, does not make you Barbara Walters and does not mean you deserve a talk show. <laughs> and so it's unfortunate that we are seeing that, but but it kind of lets networks and producers kind of get a wake-up call that, no, you you got to hire a professional to do this, not someone who just pretends to be one. You know, I, I completely agree with you. And I think there's absolutely a place for social when it comes to this kind of thing. And I think you you do it really well on, on your shows. And I know we do a lot of it on the Future of Health channel as well. We take questions from social media, right? So we allow people to engage with it. And we even talk to social influencers and we interview them, right? But how has, how has social changed the way in which you either prepare for interviews or maybe it's fan commentary or maybe you're following athlete accounts? But how has social changed the way that you're doing interviews? Well, that, it's been amazing. Anytime, the first thing I do when I get the name or the assignment of who I'm interviewing, I go look them up on social. Mm -hmm. Because if I can find something that's maybe on their Instagram buried from like 2015, I'll bring it up (laughs) in the interview. You know, to people out there, be careful. (laughs) Go archive. (laughs) Listen, social media, it's a matter of public record, right? If it's out there, it lives forever on the internet. So, like, and and that's not just necessarily in a bad connotation. If they met Jennifer Aniston, I'd be like, hey, what was it like when you said you had coffee with Jennifer Aniston in Dubai? What was right, that like? Right. You know, and even if it's just an icebreaker and it doesn't make it into the final cut and it has nothing to do with the interview subject. But I think um, it gives you a really good way to study your subject before meeting them. It gives you mm-hmm. a feel for who they are. It gives you... It, it informs you so much 
And so it's been such a help, a huge help for reporters and interviewers and producers because it gives us an insight to their life. I mean, I love to say that social media is a highlight reel. It's not mm-hmm. real life. It's a highlight reel mm-hmm. of all of our lives. And it's the life that we want everyone else to believe that we're living. And if that is the case, then I want to know everything that this person wants to put out there. I love it. Well, Julie, I could talk to you all day and I think we're going to have to do a whole separate hour for this because you and I could spend hours on this ourselves. But (laughs) I just I really want to thank you for calling in and for taking the time to have this conversation with us. But before I let you go, I'm going to have to ask for the listeners, what's the handle if they want to follow you? Where do you want them to go? Oh, you can check out my Instagram at Julie Alexandria, Alexandria as in Egypt or the library (laughs) at zero zero. And you can also follow me on Twitter. That's where I tweet a lot more sports. My, my Twitter handle is more for sports. So if you're a sports fan, I tweet just only about sports on Twitter. And then that's just Julie Alexandria. And my Instagram is a little more mom-friendly and a little more um, professional. Well, and we get to see the cute little nugget. So if we hadn't gotten to see the baby, maybe it wouldn't be as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Julie. He's the star of the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> we appreciate you so your time. Much. Of course. Thank you. Take care. Well, sports and social media are so interconnected these days. In fact, a lot of reporters and hosts utilize the social media accounts of players to keep up with them and get insights about their training, their injury recovery, and just what they're doing on and off the field or the court. Uh, our next guest is also a Dash DJ and a host to a couple of local sports shows, including uh, including the Morning After Show, where he does a sports roundup of what's been happening around the leagues. So welcome to the show, sports and entertainment reporter Nick Hamilton. Hey, what's going on? Ah, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, so, Nick. Oh, thank you for having me. You've probably seen social media make a pretty big change in the way that we keep up with athletes as fans, but also as a reporter. So, I'm wondering, how do you use social media accounts of players when it comes to what you're doing as a profession? Um, I think social media is probably the fastest way to get news or get news out there. Mm-hmm. And so, social media has actually been a great platform to give up the latest injury updates or the latest news that's going on with an athlete or even an entertainer, whether it be an artist or whether it be an actor or actress. And so people want to know exactly what's going on right then and there in this microwave society. So um, <laughs> it's been a, a really a great tool to not only uh, put out information, but to connect with fans, to connect with people that support your work or follow your work. Yeah. Um, so, it's been, you know, it's a great tool to use as far as uh, news is concerned, as far as getting the information out there as quickly as possible. And also, too, nobody can mess up your words but you. So Very true. Uh, yeah. that's the great part about social media is the fact that you can honestly, um, you know, put information out there. You could put videos out there attached to whether it's Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or uh, any other social media platform. Um, in order to disseminate the messages that you want regarding uh, people's interest in that particular player or entertainer or what have you. Absolutely. Well, what about fan commentary? Do you keep tabs on what people are saying in social media, and does that ever impact your line of questioning or spin what you might be thinking about and how you're going to interview a current player? Yeah, I mean, I I pay attention to it, but not too much where I'm overly saturated with fan comments because Mm -hmm. fan comments are just that. They're fans for a reason, Mm -hmm. uh, short for fanatics. And so you got to be very, very careful um, in what they're saying because some of it is very uh, inquisitive and some of it is very mean-spirited and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, almost trolling. 
so you have to be very careful, do your own research, but also incorporate what the fans are talking about because in order for the fans to support and listen to what you have to say, you definitely want to get a pulse of what they're thinking, what they're feeling, um, and do it in a, in, in disseminate it in, in an intelligent manner where people can you know, absorb it, gravitate towards it, and where the players don't feel like they're being bashed or being uh, disrespected, but also just kind of being in, engaging uh, with your audience as well as you trying to engage in their audience and trying to you know cross promote yourself in both genres. So sure. I think it's, it's definitely important to kind of keep your eye open, but don't overly saturate the fan the fandom because that's exactly what it is. It's just fandom. <laughs> it is a fandom, yeah. Well, you mentioned trolling. Uh, I mean, obviously you're going to get haters, you're going to get negative commentary. How do you address it uh, in your own social feed? Not not necessarily from a player perspective, but do you respond? Do you engage when you get ready to do a post? Do you think this is the level in which I'm willing to respond versus ignore somebody? Yeah, I embrace it. I mean, I could be a real jerk on social media, so I embrace the jerk role. Like, if you want, if you want to bring it, you know, sometimes I, I'll engage, and then sometimes I won't, depending on the nature of it. You know, if they start getting political or mm-hmm. start talking religion, you know, I kind of stray away from that because that's a never-ending argument and never ends well, uh, especially in, in those situations. So, you know, it, it kind of depends. Sometimes I'll ignore it and just say, "Okay, man, I'm a, I'll just have a block party." What I, what I mean when I have a block party is I start blocking people. You done. So, you, you out. Know, it, it <laughs> You've be been that. ejected. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> if I mute you, it's because I actually, I'm actually cool with you, and I'm actually trying to give you a chance if I mute you. But if I block you, that's it. It's no, it's no, unfollow, it's no unblocking in my book. Uh, once I'm done, I'm done. I, I cut the umbilical cord, and we're finished. Uh, but sometimes, you know, if you want to, you want me to play that jerk role, I can play it very, very well. And uh, I'll, I'll engage with you and. Sometimes, you know, seven and a half, eight times out of ten, they usually don't come back because I say some stuff that they don't expect me to say. (laughs) Nothing profane, but something that can definitely hit the spinal cord in a way where it's like, oh, okay, this dude is, no, I'm not Mm -hmm. here for play. Like, you want to talk crap and you want to sit there and and, and be bold with 180 characters, then you go right ahead. I'll, I'll oblige you. I feel like instead of a blue check mark, there should be a "I will take you down" in uh, written commentary check mark. That I, you should get. I have, I have one. You remember Mortal Kombat? Yeah. That's where I'm, <laughs> that's my mentality. That's amazing. I like that you went gaming because <laughs> I was thinking that you needed like a whole dictionary for this, right? Like you've been muted means you've been ejected. I'm, I put or I muted means you're in the penalty box, but you know blocked means you've been ejected. I feel like you need a whole new vernacular here. You Sometimes have- you do. I mean, it just depends. Like, you have to – that's why it's so – I try to stay around younger people because having youth around you kind of keeps you vibrant. But at the same time, it keeps you in the know. Mm-hmm. And then I have a, a mixture of older people where I get the wisdom and, and people that have been there already. So you kind of mix the two in with your own personality and you try to be as balanced as you can. Sometimes mm-hmm. you are, sometimes you aren't. But – I try to err on the side of the having a higher probability that I'm pretty much trying to tap into the know and see what's going on. I like it. Well, you touched a little earlier on, you know, like Twitter and those kind of things are really good for injury reports. But how do you think social media has impacted the way we, we view or consume sports as a whole? Because it feels like people aren't watching games anymore in full full pieces. They're just watching those digestible segments. Well, I think streaming has definitely been a a, mm-hmm. a a plus and a minus. I think even with the we saw what happened with the music industry early on, where you saw Napster and those people, you know, that came out with those, those you know, uh, Live Wire, Lime Wire, and those those entities where 
they were people were just pulling music at random and then they found a creative way for artists to get paid through you know beats and through you know apple itunes mm-hmm. and um other platforms but then it's still not the same because you look at it where people can still get you know unheard music but at least you try to get it to a point where people can be it can it can be regulated where people can still make money and i think it's the same way with with sports or even with movies i think um they're trying to find ways to to make it more profitable with streaming and make it easier for the consumer um which is good but sometimes i i personally i know i know a lot of people that i've talked to personally kind of miss that effect of just going to whether it's going to the movies or whether it's going to a bar with friends and watching the game with you know at the bar and then you know tweeting about it or instagramming about it or being at the actual game um i think that experience it won't won't ever die will it start to be depleted sure because people are doing more and more these days people's lives are more complicated um more time consuming so it's easier to just to say okay you know what i'm just going to watch it on my phone you know i'm just going to stream it on my ipad or on my tablet you know at the office or at home or if i'm at somebody else's place or if i'm at the park i have to go to this wedding that i really don't want to be at right. i'm going to watch it on my phone so i think once they figure out um the fact that they could try to put some type of device in our phones or in our ipads or what have you that kind of picks up how many numbers we get, much like how we saw a music number stream, then I think that will start to evolve and start to change the way that we that that the networks see us as viewing sports or view viewing you know entertainment events. Ah, that's really good insight. I like the way you think. I really do. Do you um <laughs> do you um do you ever take questions via social for your shows, or do you p- pretty much go into the shows knowing what you want to do? Um, you, I, I try to prepare as much, but not overly prepared because I try to just let it flow because I want it to be as authentic as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people were listening though, and they were following you on social, would they be able to have a chance to maybe sway some of your conversation in your show? <laughs> He's like, no. You know, sometimes it depends. <laughs> I mean, if they bring, you know what, if they bring an intelligent point that I hadn't thought about, mm-hmm. I'd be open to it because that's the thing. Like, you can't just be so close-minded and so dogmatic about what you're going to talk about that you don't listen to other people's ideologies or philosophies or where they're coming from. Again, the key word is it has to be some type of intelligent or creative right. enough for me, right. to, for me to think about it and say, you know what? I didn't even think about that side of the equation. Right. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's expand upon that. But other than that, no, I pretty much have an idea of how I want my show done, how I want what, what the topics that I want to discuss. And then oftentimes, like I said, it's cool to have a partner on the air because you can have banter. That partner may bring up another uh, idea that you didn't think about, and we'll talk about something else. You know, you could talk about, you know, what you did th- throughout the day, or it could be a story in the news that reminds you of something that you went through personally that you could tell a story about that's relatable and apropos to the topic that you want to cover that's going on in the news currently. So it all depends on what, what that topic is. And you, I just try to be as relatable as I can, mm-hmm. uh, try to have fun with it as much as I can, because, again, it's, you, you have to have fun. I mean, if you don't love what you do, what, what's the point of you doing it? Yep, then it's just a um, job. And in this business, you you for sure have to make sure that you are on point like a decimal when, you, when it comes to having fun, knowing what you need to talk about, and not being afraid of taking a, a particular stance. Um, 
that may not sit well with a lot of different people. That's a good point. What 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 have the changes been as as things have evolved, right? So you went from Facebook to Twitter to Instagram to TikTok. How are things, especially when it comes to like Facebook Live or Instagram TV? How is that changing the way that you deliver your show? Um, it just gives a, a broader a scope and a broader perspective as far as how we how we deliver what we want to talk about. You know, we we have opportunity with with Twitter. You know, you can always put video clips up with Twitter. Um, you can put on Instagram, you can cut it, you know, the way you want to cut it as far as the sound bite that you need. Um, there, there's IGTV now that gives you about 10 minutes of footage that you can post on your on your social media. So it gives people a, a deeper insight on what you're talking about. Gives It, it brings them closer into what you're doing. Um, you know, TikTok gives you so, so, so long to produce content. So it gives you a broader a broader perspective of putting things out on different platforms, and it gives you a different audience too, because every audience is not going to be on Twitter, every audience is not going to be on Instagram or Snapchat mm-hmm. or TikTok right. or even Facebook. So it gives you a variety of, of things. It's just like okay, if you go into a subway, right, and you want to get something to drink, well, everybody doesn't like Coke. I don't know why, but everybody <laughs> doesn't like Coca Cola. Right. So you have Coca-Cola, you have Sprite, you have Dr. Pepper, you have root beer, you have lemonade. You have a plethora of choices that you could go to. Subway is still going to be Subway. But now you have a plethora of choices of drinks that you want to you know, partake in. And you, you, know, you don't just have one particular uh, drink that you, you have to drink or you can't drink anything else. Right. So I think that's what social media provides. I think social media provides that variety where you can go on different platforms and appeal to different audiences that like different things or like different platforms. I like that. You know, one of the things we've talked with a few other guests about, like in the music industry, is that it used to be about how good your music was, and now it's about how many followers you have. And I've noticed that some of the shows, and I'm not going to name them, but I feel like they used to have really good quality reporters who understood the ins and outs of the sport. Now what they have are insta-famous people who are sideline, you know, reporting. Have you seen that? Have you noticed that? And how do you feel about that? Have I seen it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know what? We live in an age where it's all about sensationalism. Like mm-hmm. I told people a long time ago, journalism has its small place, but it's all about sensationalism. It's all about, you know, being – unfortunately, it's all about being first instead, instead of being accurate mm-hmm. or being truthful. Um, in this day, and again, we live in a microwave society, 15 seconds. You know, if you, you can cut it in 15 seconds, hey, it must be true. If two or three people could cut the same video in 15 seconds, hey, it must be true. Um, and that's the unfortunate part because just because it's first doesn't mean that it's right. And then if you come back and you post something, people look at you like, oh, man, send it to us. You already posted that, you know. <laughs> you're so um, behind. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're behind. Why? And then a day or two later it comes out, oh, send it to us that posted it first was actually wrong. Mm-hmm. So now people have to, and so I've done that where I've actually posted information because I talked to somebody or talked to two or three people that were involved in that particular incident. And I, you know, I I tweeted out, oh man, you crazy, man, such and such already posted. They with ESPN or they with Fox or whatever. Okay, that's cool. I'm not knocking you. And then about a week or so later, oh, and I repost, hey. Where are you guys? Where were those, those same people that said I was wrong? Remember this Doesn't post? look like I'm wrong now because we got accurate information from the same one of the same people that works for that same network that you was caping up for. Oh, but I reported it first a week ago. 
Nobody's paying attention to that, huh? Oh, okay. I see how this goes. So, yeah. Definitely going to get you that check mark. <laughs> the sassy yeah, check mark. Absolutely. Absolutely. I need that blue check. That's like that's like a, 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 un, a un, uh, unmaximized uh, Visa card or American Express. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing no how that became our, our basically our quantity and how we identify people as if it's a blue check mark? Right. Yeah, it's amazing. For- amazing. It's identity, yeah. It's like our identity now. It's like, oh, you gonna have a blue check mark? Yeah, I can't trust your sources. It's like, wait a minute. Got so, a blue check mark? You're legit. Everything's 100 percent now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, you, if it ain't blue, it ain't right. You know, Amazing. so that's that's where we are. We are in today's society, but it's all in fun. It's it's all good. Awesome. Well, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to connect with us. We really appreciate your insights. We love what you're doing. Before you leave, let everybody listening know where to follow you. What's your handle? Well, thank you. thank you all for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Um, you can follow me on all things social media, at Nick Hamilton LA. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Um, Whatever's coming out next week. Well. <laughs> yeah, anything. Awesome. I'm, all, I'm all over it. Awesome. Thank you again, Nick. Take care. Hey, thanks a lot. Have a great one. All right. I am now joined by actress and musician Shar Jackson, who's best known for her role, on the TV show Moesha. Um, and we're talking to her about her experiences with social media and the role it's definitely played in her life, which we know it has. So, Shar, thanks for joining us. Anytime, love. So, Shar, as a celebrity and an influencer, what does it feel like every day knowing that as you post something, thousands of people are taking a look at it and weighing in on it? I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of normal for me, only because I've been on TV my whole life, so yeah, it you seems grew like up everything I've done. <laughs> always, always front page page news, right? You know, always. Shar bought a grocery store today. <laughs> she went and got an orange. <laughs> it was a big orange, and so, you know. I feel like she should have gotten a banana, but whatever. <laughs> oh, she's eating oranges? She should eat peaches. Like, it's not peach season. Mm-hmm. But, you know. <laughs> oh, goodness. So it's it's not new to me, I guess is what, you know. <laughs> well, how important is it, though, in, in your line of work, right? Because it used to be how how popular were you, how good were you as an actress. Now it's how many Instagram followers do you have before you get cast for a part, right? That is literally the craziest thing that I've ever had to experience. Um, I it, it's And it's hard for me to kind of adjust. Like, I'm doing the best that I can, but it's hard for me to adjust that you know, no matter how how well I know these lines or how well I'm going to act this part, it's going to come down to how many numbers I have, like how many followers I have on Instagram and, and Twitter. Like that's so bizarre to me. It really is. It's really changed things from a, from a casting perspective, but also from an endorsement perspective, right? Because again, it used to be, did you fit my brand? And now it's just mm-hmm. how many, how many people are engaging with your Instagram story? And then, okay, I'm going to bring you on as my brand. How do you even compete at that level? Because at a certain point you also have a private life, right? Like you have a lot it, going on in your I life. I try to. Yeah. You, well, you try. <laughs> you don't want to share everything. So you can't be the person that has this 24 seven stream going. So how do you make the decision as to what I'm going to post, what I'm not? And, and at what point am I willing to just settle that these are the right numbers for me? You know, for me, I, I, I again, it's something I'm just really trying to get used to. Um, I, I'm not used to, I'm used to people watching me and watching what I do. I'm not used to being the person to share mm-hmm. what people get to see and, and do. It's normally, oh, they caught me out shopping or whatever. But 
now it's like up to me to share certain things. And, and I'm trying to just figure out, you know, what's acceptable, like what I want to share versus, um, what people expect me to share. Um, and, and it's crazy because I'm, I'm not getting the deals that I, I would normally get, you know, based off of my career and my accolades and things like that. It's, it's literally about these numbers and it's hard to compete. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to find my fitting and find, where it feels safe for me, it feels safe for my family, yeah. and it still, you know, um, moves along my career. Well, you know, if it, that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And I think what you just said there is what I really want to hone in on too. Is you are a very real person. So like, if I go to your Instagram, I'm going to see your your post or your video, and a you're very real. Like you're beautiful mm-hmm. without makeup, but odds are you're probably not going to have makeup in some of your posts. Like you're not all about what is the presentation, but you just nailed really, it with I'm your not. family. <laughs> no, you are. You know what I mean? But you just nailed it with your family too, because you do bring your family into it. And at a certain point, that's, that's concerning, right? Because now you've opened it up and people can now start commenting on your family. How do you decide when to engage, right? Or when is enough? Like maybe I'm not going to post a picture of my, my little one, but I will post a picture of my teenager. Right. So I kind of base it on, on my kids as individuals and mm-hmm. like, Caleb can handle anything like he is a tough cookie like he doesn't care <laughs> I read through some of his responses last night to his video his <laughs> like, oh he's good he doesn't need anyone to support yeah, him <laughs> Caleb does not care um Corey doesn't care either she's just a little more private so I don't really post her things I let her post what she wants to post mm-hmm. uh Caleb actually kind of wants to be in the industry so mm-hmm. um you know, for him, it's, it's, it's a power move. You know, you go ahead and get people to notice you, I guess, here. I mean, they've been following you since the day you were born, you know, right. so, mm-hmm. so you may as well have fun with it. Um, so I guess I just kind of base it on what the kids are comfortable with mm-hmm. and, um, and kind of leave it at that. Like, like I said, Corey's a lot more private. Uh, Cassie, she does her fair share of sharing it, Donnie as well, but I, they're adults now. So I let them post their own things as far as the kids go though. It, you know, yeah. talk to him about it, see what's up. And, and you probably won't see me post very much stuff about Corey. Cause like I said, she's, right. she's a little more private than Caleb. Well, you guys have such an interesting family because every aspect of your family is in the limelight at some point. Right. And right. so it doesn't matter what you post. Somebody's going to have a comment on it in general. So do you do you have the times with the kids where you're like, hey, maybe you just need to take a day off, right? Like, put the phone down. Let's not be in the social space. Let's just be in the family moment. Oh, my God. We have that most of the time. I mean, it, it, if you look at all of our, our pages collectively, like, we don't post that much. You know, yeah. we, we want to definitely stay engaged with, you know, engaging with our fans and things like that. However, like our family's our life, dude. Like we, mm-hmm. we love just being together, spending time together, hanging together. And that is our private time for the most part. So, um, a lot of that isn't shared. So it, it's not necessarily a, okay, guys, we got to stay off social media today. It's, it, it's more of a collective. Oh, you guys think we should post today? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody should post. How about you post and the rest of us just tag us. Let them know we're okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know. Well, you, I know you, because you guys did, I think, Celebrity Fit Club too. You know what it's like to be a woman in the industry in general, but now in the social media industry, like, how do you handle all of the body image issues and the comments that are coming at you all the time? It's crazy to be able to hear everybody's opinion Mm -hmm. now. Um, 
you know, you know, back in the day, you kind of just had to imagine, or maybe every now and again, you would hear something via the industry, you know, it'd be like, oh, well, reports are that such and such is out of, out of shape and blah, 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 blah. But now people can instantly, you know, talk about you and, and all these type of things. The way that I handle it uh, personally, like on my own, um, my own spaces is I just, I, I let everybody know, look, this is a positive zone. If you have anything negative to say, I will instantly block you because I don't right. need that energy in my life. And, um, and that's what I do. I, you know, you say one negative thing and I'm, I'm not forgiving in that, in that way. So I, is that I block you it and that's me? it. What did I say? How did you know? That's what it was. <laughs> it was the banana comment, wasn't it? It was the damn banana comment. But, um, but no, I mean, it, literally this is the thing. So yes, we open ourselves up to all these comments and things like that, but we do have that magical block button. So mm-hmm. Um, I utilize it just to preserve my own sanity, my own space. So, well, you know, you do use social for good, which is one of the things I love about you and your family. And and you joined Providence and Wellbeing Trust in the 30 day challenge, which was really about using social 100% social to destigmatize mental health and to educate and to really encourage people to focus on it. What does being in a campaign like that mean to you? It means everything. Um, you know, my, we have mental illness in my family and um, anything I can do to to raise awareness and to get people educated and to get rid of the stigma of talking about it, I'm 110 percent in on. Um, and and honestly, thanks to you know you guys, I have been a little more active in my social media because I do have things to say now as far as you know um, it, anything that anything that's self improving and 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 just showing love because we live in dark times right now, mm-hmm. man and. And anything I can do to shed some light and some love and positivity, that's what I think I've been using my social media stuff for. And, you know, it it may not look consistent because there's food and food makes me feel good. But, you know, (laughs) same, same girl, same right here, (laughs) you know, but there's food and then there's like, you know, for Halloween, we show some costumes and there's, you know, positive quotes and things like that. It's all about just light and feeling good. There's, there's no negativity on my page, man. Cause I just don't have any time for it and anything I can do to help, you know, spread awareness and get people educated on the causes that are personal to me. That's what I'm going to use my platform for. Oh, I love that. Are there any uh, moments or comments or engagements or times that you were going through your social feed and you read something that somebody posted that you thought this, this is means I'm using my platform for good. Like I know that I've nailed it. Absolutely. I get DMs all the time. And, you know, some people will say things in the in the comments, but the stuff that really touches me is the stuff that comes in the DMs because it's it's like, thank you so much, Shar. This information was so useful. This this message today saved my life. I needed this. Amen. Like all these things that let me know that people are looking at this and it's changing their day. Um that that's that's what matters to me and that and I get that daily and and that encourages me to to you know to post more as well I love that about you and a lot of the influencers we've worked with I get messages probably once or twice a week from celebs who say hey this person hit me this message in DM and I want to help them find a therapist or I want to help them Mm -hmm. find something or what do I say and Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody does that I think a lot of people don't even check their DMs right and so the fact that a lot of them don't you know and and then there's that one place too where it's like you have to request a D or some oh, weird yeah. thing where 
mm-hmm. they just kind of like stay in pending you know mm-hmm. what I mean so, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're not aware of it you know go and check it out I mean I like I said I use it because I want to help change somebody's day if not their life and um, so I check all that stuff just to kind of make sure I'm on the right page I love it well for people who are listening uh, where do they go to follow you what's your handle uh, at Instagram, it's at Shar underscore Jackson. Twitter is just Shar Jackson. Awesome. Well, Shar, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. And thank you so much for being the person you are that does check their message and, and does want to use their platform for positivity. So we are super grateful for your time and your energy. Anytime, baby. Thank you. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Our next guest, Gail Bean, an actress many of you may know. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we have been having great conversations about the impact of social media in today's space, especially around entertainment and sports. I'd love to hear kind of your take on, I mean, you're a great actress. You've been in a lot of TV shows. I know you're working on projects now. How does social media impact your daily life as an entertainer? I think now social media is a thing that people actually think about, like from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to sleep. Myself as an entertainer, I still don't take it that serious. (laughs) To me, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, It's just another thing to do really when I'm bored. I don't go to social media to find my news. I still, if if I want to know something, I may like Google a person's name or Google a topic that I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. um, Or I'll go to YouTube and try to look up a video that may be on the topic or something but I do feel to a lot of other people especially that I'm surrounded with in entertainment that's like their go-to their you know the catchy phrase do it for the gram everybody's doing it for the gram so I mean but I I haven't that's just not my lane it's not a way that I'm I feel like joining Uh, I love it. Well, you know, when you when you talk about the fact that everybody's kind of in this space all the time, one of the things we talk about is that impact that it has on people to have this constant comparison of this perfect life or to feel like you do always have to be on like, oh, my gosh, I didn't post today. Am I still relevant? Do you do you hear a lot of people in the industry saying like, I just can't keep up like this is just too hard? I do. I feel like for me, that that continuous um uh, conversation about social media actually made it less appealing to me because I, I used to love social media and just I just thought it was fun but mm-hmm. now because so many people have bought into it and so many people are focused on it and make it such a big deal I'm actually I find myself on it less I find myself posting way less I find myself um, if I do get on there I may hop on for a quick second out of boredom mm-hmm. look at a few people do a few thumb scrolls maybe watch a few stories and then I'm off Double but, tap and um, moving on. <laughs> yeah, I do feel that's something that a lot, a lot of people focus on, and it, it to me, it hurts them mm-hmm. in a sense of they're less focused on the actual art itself or on the actual thing that may have gotten them notoriety. There's some people. I'm not gonna lie. There's some people who can balance and do it both. Like oh, for sure. instance, I really like Cardi B. She and she seems to be flourishing in all areas. Will Smith flourishing him and Jay Pinky Smith flourishing in all areas of posting and um, living in the moment. But I do feel some people will forget to be actually in the moment mm-hmm. and just enjoy life or focus on whatever it is that is their career field when it comes to entertainment. Focus more on the there's people who, you know, before you used to push a project that you're in, every trailer, every um, picture, everything about the 
the film or mm-hmm. the TV show that's coming out. Now, people may not post it because, okay, this picture doesn't have, this trailer doesn't have me in it as much, oh so goodness. it may not get enough likes. Yeah. yeah, You know, football players now seem to be more on their social media and not focused on the games or even basketball players, hockey players, baseball players, more focused on social media instead of focused on whatever their game is or their practice or things that they post on social media may get them in trouble and have repercussions and blowbacks in whatever their entertainment field is. It is. Well, you know, I think the distractions are really important topic and I don't think we've even really covered that today, but you know, when you talk about music artists and they're in the studio and yet they have to stop in between songs and take a a behind the scenes piece of content, that's really Mm -hmm. distracting for them. And I I can only imagine that it must be in, in your art as well, because you're actually filming You're you know, you're going through episodes, you're going through scenes, but you you now have to be taking those behind the scenes. You have to be doing interviews. People have to be doing your Facebook lives, right? How does that change the way that you handle kind of your day-to-day? Well, I think it varies. I think depending on the project and the target audience, it varies because the show I just shot, we didn't really have, there may have been like on behind the scenes photographers and interviewers, but they didn't really interrupt us like in between scenes. Oh, nice. Or even if they're there, like they may tell us at the start of the day, they'll send an email like, hey, behind the scenes will be on set today. But they didn't interrupt us in between scenes or like during the scene, you're not going to see them there. They'll be hidden so you can't really see them. So they're not a distraction as opposed to some shows where someone might um, may not have the the awareness to mm-hmm. not break your focus. So they don't they don't see it as a distraction. So they may come in between takes. They may try to, oh, there's a moment. They have a moment of downtime. Let me just get them real quick. Um, so, and, and this is for like the show, social media, or instead of like mm-hmm. knowing, okay, the show I just shot, Paradise Lost, we had weekend days where, okay, we did the social media stuff on weekends. We did the interviews on weekends. They did photos on weekends, photos for social media, um, videos, and the little 360, 180 cameras mm-hmm. for social media on the weekend. So it doesn't cut in or distract, you know, during because something could take you completely out they could ask you questions that may not have no relevance to your character no relevance to the scene you're shooting the show so it just depends from project to project but I'm pretty certain even with even with people who are musicians or athletes that are creating and are dropped in and focused it it distracts them and puts a lot of pressure and a lot of anxiety on them because I just watched there's a show called The Shop that LeBron has Mm -hmm. and I want to say Kevin Love, Kevin Hart, Lil Nas X, Rob Gronkowski, a couple of other people he had on there. And Kevin Love was talking about anxiety with social media and just Mm -hmm. different things, how that plays into it, how people compare you in the comment section. Because you see the good and the bad. You know, sometimes social media has its, it's a place that has the positive affirmation clothes, positive vibes, the praise, but you also see the bad. You also see the negative. You also see the comparisons. There's definitely the positive and the negative. I think Kevin's a great example. You know, he and and Brandon Marshall and and Channing Frye, all these guys in the sports industry have started using social as a platform to talk about anxiety and depression and bipolar and and mental health conditions because what they've said is, look, you're putting us on this pedestal and you're you're criticizing everything we do. It's it's mm-hmm. impacting us. It's impacting our ability to sleep. It's impacting our ability to eat, to be healthy and be happy. And I love that they're using their platform for that. But I do think that there is still a lot of negative that that we have to look 
at, and I think one of the things is the social status, right? That we're actually deciding what people's worth is based on their social status. And as an actress, right. you must run into that where it's like, you're, you're probably the better person for the part, but you, you may lose it to somebody who has 3 million followers. Have, has that happened to you? Or I know it's happened to other people that you work with. That I've, I've had projects that I've auditioned for that they take into consideration the following that a person may have. And I think that's irrelevant. Even, even now my following has grown from whatever it used to be to a much higher number. And I have like even friends of mine that like, that say you're famous. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. Now I've been on a plethora of TV shows. I worked with a plethora of actors. My bank account has increased. Yet you say I'm famous and you congratulate me because I have reached a certain amount of followers. I got a blue check. So now I'm legit, right? <laughs> like no and that's the thing I don't even have that and people so many people have hit me up about when are you going to be verified when are you going to get the blue check and I'm like I that's something I really don't care about you're like ask me like, when I'm getting an Emmy or an Oscar man <laughs> thank you ask me when I'm gonna be on this show or that show like don't ask me about something that comes with no monetary value because even though yes there are some people booking roles off of um following Mm -hmm. to be honest and this is very insensitive but there's also people booking roles off of having sex oh, so yeah. just because everybody's still, like that's not something that's not my lane that's not something that that i care or have an interest in in seeking yep. or like the the, the the validation hasn't been something that i i really gave too much craps about now it's like, so, what would we call that? Would we call that, call that the scrolling casting couch or the, the fan, <laughs> fan casting couch? It just changed yeah, directions. The scrolling couch? Is it the, 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 the you know what I'm saying? The double tap, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's like mm, the social couch. Yep. The social couch, that's what we'll call it. Well, you, you said that you use your social kind of more as an outlet and you try to bring positivity. Have you ever had any interactions in the social space with maybe somebody you didn't know who's a fan, but they just told you a really good story or they said something about the fact that your post made their day happier? Have you had those kind of experiences? I have. So there's this thing. I used to post it all the time, but like I said, with social media, sometimes people can make it a burden. I um, And it just started off as something that I just enjoy. It's called Wise Words Wednesdays. Mm. Where um, Wednesdays, I would post positive affirmations, positive quotes, just things that uplifted me. And, or it, like right now I post every day, the verse, a Bible verse every day, the start of my day. And then I know some people will say, oh, this is the first time. This is the only scripture that I ever read. Like I only read the Bible when you post it. Wow. Or, okay. Yeah. Even with some of my quotes, people say how it helps them get through their days. Um, thank you so much. You know, I've gotten so many people tell me how just reading some of my posts, my stories out loud helps them, even with some of my captions, like, there's plenty of times where I'm very intimate. I feel it's a time and a place for everything, but all of my posts and, and things are from a genuine place. They're mm -hmm. not derived by, oh, likes or or how many people have seen it or, or reshares or whatever. I genuinely do it from, okay, I feel this. I want to share it. I'm going to post it. Have you and had I to change that oh. is the most good. Have you had to change, though, some of the way in which you post? And we hear this from a lot of celebrities. I used to would have posted something about my kids, but then people called them ugly. Or I used to would have posted me and my friends, but they look at everything behind me and they judge me because there's a wine bottle on the counter. Have you had to change some of the things that you post or do you just kind of go with it? I'm more conscious in regards to that it's not just me. Mm -hmm. That when I do post, it's a look at pe people will investigate the rest of the my life mm -hmm. so when it comes to posting who my significant other now I'm more conscious about posting 
the, the person that I'm with because then I have to not just protect them, but I have to protect them and their family. If that person has children or if that person has a job or, you know, I don't want a person going and finding them and investigating their whole life because people naturally are nosy. Oh, sure. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why we have Instagram. This is why people <laughs> have followers because people are naturally nosy. Oh, that's very true. So, um, I don't, I don't, po- like, I still post a lot of my, post a lot of my personal life in regards to, like, my family, my friends. But when I say personal, um, I'm more quiet about my private life as far as who my, my significant other or how I choose to, especially in a world now where a lot of people focus on or make a big deal of your sexuality or your yeah. sexual preference. I'm just more, and, and I'm, I'm, I have a, a guy. Um. <laughs> People ask me all the time because they're like, are you even in a relationship? And I'm like, you wouldn't know because I don't post on social and I'm a social media influencer, right? So I just feel like if you post something about your relationship, you are opening it up for everybody to have an opinion. And once they voice their opinion, exactly. they can't unvoice it in, in your head, right? So now you've heard it. So I think exactly. it's better to leave it alone. Exactly. And that's the thing. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest about something. So Normally, I, like I said, I always posted, didn't care, didn't think twice about what I posted. But now I'm like, okay, because this is the thing. I don't, I've never really been a fan of posting um, PDA. I've never been a fan of PDA or just mm-hmm. people being in my business when it comes to my relationship. So I posted one time a guy and people, a lot of people, I got a feedback. A lot of people didn't know whether I was before I posted a guy, they didn't know if I like guys or girls. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm never, I'm never giving off the vibe that I was gay or bi or whatever. So then I, it, made, it started making me think like, okay, I don't want people to think I'm opposed to like, right. like black love or like pro black or, you know, with me being black. So I was like, okay, every blue moon now I will post me and my dude to show people like, I'm pro-black love. <laughs> like, <laughs> but but does it really matter? Should we really be scrutinizing it that much? The, but see, that's the thing. I feel like all of these things that come into play, like a person's sexuality, a person's sexual preference, I'm like, since when the, when the hell does this come into play mm-hmm. when it comes to a job? Like now, people really are trying to figure out do you, what is your sexual preference or what is your sexual orientation or what is your sexual whatever. When it in when with a job, yep. I'm like, since when can can a person just come in here and act and whether they uh whatever whoever they lie down with, what does that matter? Like, how does that have to do? But that's no different than the world that we moved into with social media. Like before, nobody cared about how many friends you had in real life, it's true. how many contacts you had in your cell phone, how many people text you, how many people called you, how many people liked you. You showed up at the life. birthday party for the birthday cake, not how many people were going to take your picture on Instagram, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it just became a whole new thing. But, like, even with that, like, if I do post my dude, it's very rare that I may post his face. I may post, like, a, <laughs> a, a, a picture of him from the back or from back the side. Back of the head. Or, <laughs> I yeah. love it. And mm-hmm. only on my story. Like, I don't post it on my page. But, like I said, before that, now I post way less now that social media is becoming such a big deal. It's just a turn off. It's like, you know, some things will turn you on, some things will turn you mm-hmm. off. It's very so true. now I'm I'm like kind of turned off. I don't post as much. Um, I may post stories every blue moon, but now I'm just like, no, I'm good. <laughs> oh, Gail, you've been a pleasure. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing your views on this. I think it's really important to hear from all aspects of the entertainment industry. And before I let you go, I have to give you a shout for people listening who want to follow you. What is the handle they'd look for you on? 
Oh, thank you. Um, on Instagram, it's Insta underscore B3AN. On Facebook, it's Gail Bean. On Twitter, it's Gail underscore Bean. But all all platforms, if you just type Gail Bean, you'll find me. So, awesome. yeah, Instagram, I-N-S-T-A underscore B3AN. Wow. Gail Bean and Gail underscore Bean for Twitter. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. And we will be looking for your newest projects. And occasionally, we will be looking to see the back of your man's head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. It's lovely. It's a beautiful view. <laughs> thank you so much. Take care. You. You're welcome. Have a great day. We also had a chance to catch up with rapper Demrick before he left on his current tour to talk about how he views social media. In that conversation, we chatted about the challenges of social overall and how we often post inspirational quotes and memes. Let's hear a little bit more of that conversation right now. But I just <laughs> I share them with people because I'm I think somebody else would want to want to hear that you know if I'm if I'm in the gym or if I'm you know, running a bunch of errands or or I'm getting ready to to do a show and I have a thought uh, you know in my mind of, about something that's like pushing some positive energy yeah I make sure that I share that with people so that I don't know it's just sometimes just seeing that little thing and you see the replies with 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 kids and different people like I needed to hear that I'm glad that you said that you know and I just put my own little twist on um, just positive thinking, man, because I truly believe that anything that you want in life you can have, all you got to do is apply effort and work towards it and don't get discouraged, man. That's the main thing. The thing about social media and all those sites is like there's one side where people are just creating their persona online. So if you spend all your time watching other people that other people's lives and they're, they're made up a lot of the time and they're to be shown in a particular way, it could make you be discouraged that you're like how come I ain't doing this how come I ain't you know it, it, it breeds self-doubt and then also we were talking earlier too about the fact that you know there's really no privacy anymore mm -hmm. you know you make one mistake somebody everybody got a camera on their phone everybody's putting it online tagging you making a joke out of it and you know people hate just to get it to get attention I, honestly I'll tell you this I, I posted a photo uh, you know last night on my Instagram and there was a fan that was so, like let's say there was 50, 100 comments, some, something yeah. like that. And I look at this comment and there's like a kid that's like, yo man, you sold out, everybody's talking about it. And so I just hit him back with a reply with just a question mark. Then five minutes later, he replies back, yo man, you're a huge inspiration, I love your music. <laughs> so they just, throwing that hateful comment in there just to get some attention half yeah. the time. So the thing is, like, don't take the bait. Like, people are making fun of you or trying to bring you down to, like, build themselves up, and there's no repercussion nowadays. Man, I uh, I talk to my friends, you know, and, uh, you know, people that... I don't allow bad people in my life. I don't allow bad energy in my life. I, I slowly weeded out the people that, that I think uh, bring me down. Really, and I just wanted to create a circle of people that I trusted their opinions because I seen something special in them. So I know that when I'm down, I can reach the, out to somebody that's going to give me something positive, some real feedback, because we ain't always right. Nobody's always right. So it could be something that, hey, you might want to change this. You might want to do this, you know, but you got to try. You can't be afraid to let people know how you feel best thing you could do is try to create a circle of people that you trust and and speak to them and, and just be willing to be yourself man because that's the main thing it's like if find comfortability in in being different 
you see all kinds of artists, uh, you know, talking about it on records and, and on music. Like, I really like what Logic just did, oh, yeah. you know? Absolutely. And, and like, XX Existential, mm -hmm. like his album, like him speaking about depression and all that a lot. Like, I think that, that there's a lot of people that it's all in all of our music, mm -hmm. you know, because it's about overcoming. We really came from nothing. And so with that, you know, you have to exude a bunch of confidence to get yourself out of that. But that confidence isn't always mandatory. Like that's something that has to be worked on. And that's something that is built forward over, you know, just, just time. And like I said, the most important thing is like when you're younger, being different is, is corny. Yeah. You know, it's all, he's different. He's weird. He's that, they quick to throw that on you. But actually, those are the special things that make you special later in life. So maintain your individuality. Make, don't let them make you conform, you know, and put that energy out in the world because you're better than that. And literally, the way that this world works is you either going to be working for somebody or you're going to be working for something you believe in. So the whole thing is in life. Trust your gut and go for, go for your goal. I just tell them, hold your head, man. You know, it's a new day. You're feeling down one day. You're feeling up the next day. Life's about ups and downs. When you're down, you're going to feel down. When you're up, you're going to feel up. When it's just, meh, yeah. you know, blah, you're just going to be in the middle. But life ain't going to, you know, even somebody on social media that looks like they're the happiest in every photo that they post in still got their bad days. Well, our next guest is music artist and producer ZNI. ZNI is no stranger to the Dash family or to the Providence family. He works with us on quite a few projects. Z, um, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to, hear, to be here. Awesome. Well, Z, we've been talking a lot about social media and the impact that it has on people. Mm -hmm. One of the things we really wanted to talk about was the impact social media has had on the music industry. Mm -hmm. For example, artists and you know labels aren't signing artists, I mean, just by their music anymore, right? It's how many likes do you get? How many followers do you have? How many streams do you have? What have you seen change over the years as it relates to the impact of social? Well, yeah, there's a positive and a negative, obviously. Um, I'll go ahead and start with the, um, you know, with the negative maybe. <laughs> but uh, it's only it's only up from there, so let's start with the negative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, like you said, like you mentioned, you know, um, a lot of labels or a lot of artists that are actually very talented, you know, I've even been there myself, you know, who have a lot of great music and, you know, know how to perform or whatever, you know, they'll have trouble maybe getting more exposure just because they don't have the right amount of, you know, numbers or likes or whatever it is. Um, and sometimes what happens is I think, or people will look at that and measure that, you know, based off of your music, because a lot of promoters who, who put who put shows together and, you know, labels and stuff like that, all they care about is numbers. They don't really well, they care. want to know that, that if they invest money, right, that they're actually getting the distribution. And if, mm -hmm. if you already have four million followers and you're a reality show person and I can just put a microphone in your hand, are you more valuable to me as a label than a music artist who only has 20,000 followers but already has good music? Mm -hmm. You're right. But what happens is, you know, we get to a point where the quality of the music gets compromised. And that's what's been happening lately. Um, but on a positive note, the good thing about um, social media and, you know, this is something I've experienced is like now you can just share your music with people all across the world. You know, true, true. it's a large you know, you can be in your room and you can you can share with people, you know, your music with people in Dubai, you know, in Zimbabwe, in Nigeria, you know, all over the world, Australia. You know, like I have people who hit me up on Instagram and Facebook and from all four corners of the world, 
you know, and they're just all telling me how much they love my music. Well, if it wasn't for social, you know, it would, you know, I wouldn't be able to get that kind of exposure, obviously. You know, I came from a time when I was, you know, I had mixtapes and I was selling them from out the trunk, you know <laughs> what I mean, on the street. And um, obviously I wouldn't be able to do that to somebody who's in Dubai, you know what <laughs> right, I mean, good point, from good in point. Seattle. But because of social and because of streaming and all these things, um, we're able to we're able to do that and, and, and you know, be able to reach a broader audience. Um, so all, it, all in all, I think, you know, as an artist, you just have to, you know, understand who your target audience is and then do your best to try to reach them on social, you know, put more time in or whatever. But, you know, you can, sure. you can you can get you can get to them, though. Well, that's that's a good point, too, because in order to put your music out now, you basically are starting with social, right? You're putting snippets mm -hmm. out there. Your artists are basically having to show themselves in the recording studio. They're having to show the video snippets before the video goes out. As an artist, though, does it I mean, it's a little bit vulnerable, right, to put your music out there and let people comment on it. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that from the I know I need to use social in order to get out there on the flip side? If I put it out there, I have to deal with people, whether they love it or hate it. Just got to believe in what you're doing. And know that everyone's going to have an opinion and not take it personal, which is hard for artists because we're emotional beings. It's hard for all of us. Trust me. Mm -hmm. If I have one more person tell me my outfit's ugly, I may just have to delete my account. <laughs> I don't think you're having those problems. <laughs> well, you, you do get haters, though, right? Everybody gets haters. We know that. Mm -hmm. Do you have a... a, a process or a plan like do you engage or do you say with each and every post this is this is the the level in which I'm willing to engage with somebody and this is when I'm just not going to respond you just gotta hug your haters man <laughs> hug your haters yeah you virtually know, <laughs> yeah you know just you know it's all part of the territory uh, I remember one of my one of uh, artists that I enjoy a lot who I like to listen to Demerick who's actually a friend of mine as well he said something in an interview once and he was basically talking about how sometimes a lot of these people, all they want is attention mm -hmm. or sometimes they just want you to to respond to them mm -hmm. or whatever. So, but at the end of the day, you know, it's all part of the process. It's all part of it. Um, I think you just got to be able to believe in yourself and know that what you're doing is the right thing for you and the music that you're putting out is the best, you know, is the best quality and product music that you, that you, that you can put out. Everyone's not going to like it. True. Very true. Not everybody's going to like my outfit. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Do you ever take a day off from social? I mean, well, actually, you know what? Let me go back. What does a day look like for you in the social media space? Are you, as an artist, do you pretty much have to post every day to stay relevant? I don't. I don't post every day. I actually had a love-hate relationship with social media. Uh, there was a point where I was like, you know what? I don't even want to be here. I don't even really be on it like that. And I think part of it was just because I was like, you know, people put too much emphasis into it where I was just focusing on trying to put the music out. I was more, I was more interested in trying to make the best quality music instead of getting caught up in the rah-rah, you know, getting caught up in, 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 in the craziness of, of social. Normal day for me on social media, you know, I'm very active on Instagram, Facebook, um, and then the streaming services that I use, such as like Spotify, is another one. That's where I'm mostly active. I try to post, you know, at least two, three times a week. Mm -hmm. I don't post every day like some people, you know, maybe I should. You know, a lot of people say, you need to be more active on social. Okay. <laughs> you know. 
I follow you though, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of our listeners do, and you do a lot of inspirational things, and mm-hmm. and you, I know that you actually use social for a lot of positivity in your mm-hmm. life, whether it be fitness or religion. How do you use mm-hmm. social to make life better for you? Yeah, and that's exactly you. You hit it right. You hit the nail right on the head. You know, that's exactly that's exactly what I try to do. I think everybody has their own agenda when they're when they're on social. Mine is to spread a positive message. Mm-hmm. It's to inspire. I want people to look at my posts. I try to put, I, I guess for me, it's more about putting out good content rather than just trying to flood my social media just to post just because, sure, sure. you know. And uh, for me, it's, you know, like you said, it's all about, it's all about positivity. It's all about inspiration. You know, my album is called Good Karma. So that's what I try to put out there. That's the kind of energy I try to put out there because I know for a lot of people, for a majority of people, they look at social and they're like, oh, my life is not as great as this person's. Oh, my God, this person's got, like, the most perfect body. Oh, their life is just so amazing and mine is crappy, <laughs> you know. And I just want people to, when they go to my page, to be able to get some inspiration out of it and say, you know what? I can get up today and do something cool. I can get up today and, you know, go after my dream. I can get up today and go to the gym and go work out. You know, I can get up today and go have a great time with my friends and we can all smile and just wear the regular clothes and look good. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to be half naked, you know, like or perfectly made up. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like I can just be, you know, I could take a picture. Like one of the last pictures I posted, it was like me, my buddy, his uh, his his girlfriend, her friend. Um, and uh, I think there was like two other one of one of my guys. He works construction. Like he's just a regular looking dude, and we just look like we're having fun. We're just probably because you were having fun. Yeah, we were. I mean, yeah, we were few. We were few. You know, fruit brews, <laughs> a fruit brews in. You know, some. You know, we had some. You know, some 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 bro drinks. But at the end of the day, it was like you know, it's just that whole thing. It was. It was. It was. It was. Uh, it was. It was. It was real. You know In what I mean? Life. It was authentic. Yeah. It's like here, here we are, just a bunch of good people. We're just having drinks. We're semi lit, and we're not afraid to show it. Right. Where it's like, oh, wait a minute, and you know, it's not like we took the picture five times to make sure the lighting was right. Which filter did you use? Exactly right. <laughs> like I don't even know, man. You know, we just took a picture, you know, because that's what we felt in the moment. It wasn't about oh, take a picture now. Okay, wait. Oh no, try it this way. For what? Like. No, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked about your album, Good Karma. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really like about your album is that you have a couple of songs on there that are really focused on mental health. Mm-hmm. What drove you to decide to use your music for a platform such as mental health? All the craziness I've been through, you know, just some of the stuff that I dealt with growing up, you know, some of the, lo- you know, like the loss of my mom, my dad, and my brother at such a young age, and then um, just the downward spiral. And it's like, even today, I'm 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 working every single day. I'm working at it. You know what I mean. But I wanted to be able to talk about it so that whoever listens to my album can understand that whatever it is that you're dealing with, like in this world where everybody's trying to look so perfect, no, that's not the case. You know, we we're we're, we're out here. I try to be vulnerable. Sometimes I'm sometimes I can be a little bit too vulnerable. You know what I mean, and too transparent. We all can. We all yes, can. And, and too transparent, and people are like, oh, you shouldn't be. It's like, well, you know what? I want people to be able to to know that I'm I, that I'm going through things too. Like I go through things every single day. I'm always fighting. I'm always battling. It never ends. It never stops. It continues on and on and on. 
And we need to have those conversations. Mental health is probably the most important conversation on earth right now. That's why I'm so excited to be a part of this movement with you guys and be a part of this whole thing because it's like it's a big big conversation that needs to be had and we need to talk about it because there's a lot of people out there struggling very true yeah and if they just had an outlet you know i'm lucky because i have music as my outlet you know that's the way i can talk about it but we need to we need to we need to you know if some people just had an outlet or just somebody who they can say man he's going through something it's normal and he's living a normal life you know well you you talk about the movement and and it really is a movement i think there's a lot of people that are trying to reduce stigma and trying to make it okay to talk about mental health and wellbeing trust obviously our mental health partner um, you actually partnered with with wellbeing trust on the 30 day challenge and that was mm-hmm. really about education and reducing stigma but one of the things you did was you said hey, sometimes it's just as simple as taking a walk or sometimes it's as simple as calling a friend. It's really you were trying to tell people to find whatever that outlet was, right? Mm-hmm. So what is what does being in a campaign like that mean to you? It means, it means, it means a lot. I mean, knowing that I'm still a little bit crazy. <laughs> no, Everybody's a little bit uh, no, right? uh, not all the way there. Is right. that what you're saying? Yeah, right. No, no I mean, it's, it's, it's good, you know, because, you know, I get to share some of the outlets that I use to keep, you know, to, to, to try to keep myself balanced, to keep my world balanced, you know, music, talking to friends, you know, making friends, opening myself up to, 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 to meeting new people and new experiences. And I think that's part of the problem is everybody just kind of gets up, goes to work, goes home, and they just stay in their little bubbles and they want to be left alone, you know. I remember one of my friends said something very interesting. He was like, you know, when we were when we were kids, you know, when we didn't even have cell phones or whatever, like, you know, some of my nieces and nephews now, it's like, all you did was go outside, ride your bike down the block, and wherever everyone's bike was, you knew that's where people were. Right. That was you know? the hot spot. That was you didn't have spot. to check in. You, you just looked for bikes. You didn't have to check in. You just look, you just look <laughs> where, where's, you know, you know, eventually you just start riding around and you'll see where everybody's bikes are at. Mm-hmm. And that's where we kick it. That's where we're at. That's where we're at today, you know? And, and, you know, I guess the, uh, you know, the community, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, you know, just the, the, the whole uh, interaction was different. Whereas today, people just, you know, people don't even, some people don't even like to talk on the phone. All they want to do is text. It's like, you know, you got to hear somebody's voice every now and then. You know what I mean? Like, you Why gotta, do I feel like you're looking at me right now? No, no, no. I'm just saying, you know, like, you got to hear people's voices every now and then. You know, you got to get on the phone and talk to them. You got to hear it sometimes. You got to so you got to hear somebody tell you that they care about you. You know what I mean? Um, but no, but not to get too far off the question. I'm, it's just more or less like, yeah, you know, I think it's it, it, I think it's important to be able to share some of the outlets that I, you know, that I use to keep myself balanced. And it was great to see some of the other influencers in the campaign and see what they do, too, and just kind of build and share off of that. Well, I got time for one more question. And yeah. I want to thank you for coming in and, and sitting down with us today. Most of our conversation today has had to take place via phone, but having somebody in person is really great. Mm-hmm. Is there ever one person that said something to you in social where you just said your first reaction maybe was frustration or anger, but then you were like, you know, maybe there's something going on with this person. You've actually just checked in on them. Mm. I mean, I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, there's times I've seen people post something. Do you mean like as far as posting something and then you kind of I mean, it could be a comment on yours. It could be a friend that you saw in feed where you just said, ah, this doesn't sound, that doesn't seem like quite them today. Yeah. 
yeah, it, same things happened to me before too. I remember I posted something, and uh, I got a few messages, and people were like, "Man, you're not your, your your regular bubbly self. What's going on?" I was like, "You know, man, I was just dealing with something. I appreciate you checking in." And yeah, you know, I think that's a very important one. Like, be the social media police, man. If you see your friend post something that doesn't really seem right, reach out right away. Don't just be like, "Oh, they're going through it," and then get back to whatever you're doing. No, take a minute. Let them know that, you know, reach out because sometimes it's not always about the person reaching out. And a lot of times when people post that kind of thing, it's a cry for help. Right. right. So you have to reach out if you if you know them, especially. So, yeah. I'll, sorry, I know I gave you the, the. No, it's a good answer. Well, and what I really liked about it was that you actually flipped it around. I was asking if you've helped other people, but people have helped you. And that's mm-hmm. the nice thing about socials. It's a two way street. right? Exactly. It can be positive. It can be negative. It can be me helping you. It can be you helping me. All great information. Well, Z, mm-hmm. thank you so much for taking time to come and chat with us today and for all the great work you do and especially for putting music out that really does help people with their mental health. I think it's an amazing thing you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, if they want to hear my music, uh, the first thing, that's that's obviously the first thing I'd love people to do is I want to share my music with them. Uh, go to Spotify, ZNI International. The name of the album is Good Karma. You can also go to YouTube. Z and I International, um, and it's uh, Satisfy. That's the name of the single. There's some other music videos, too, you can check out. Um, and then also Instagram, obviously. You know, go ahead, shoot me a follow. You know, holla at me. Shoot me a comment, positive or negative. <laughs> but he'll only respond to the positive, I think we've decided. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Z. Thank you. Well, joining us now is Tiffany Kaufman, longtime publicist and owner of the Kaufman Agency, who works with entertainers, including some of Dash Radio's top DJs. Thanks for joining us, Tiff. Hi. How are you guys today? <laughs> good, good. We've had a great day. Well, Tiffany, as you know, we're talking about social media and the impacts of it, and we're talking to some of your clients, actually, so it's a great fit. Um, as a publicist to athletes and musicians and actors and comedians, even DJs, how do you talk to them or how do you educate them about how to use social media? Because oh, one, everyone has a different personality mm-hmm. and and how they perceive um, social media is totally different. I have one um, that would express themselves in paragraphs on their business page. I said, I think you need a personal page. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and therefore you can just run it, you know, because it was like their Instagram page was turning into Facebook. Because mm-hmm. social media, you know, each platform has their own personality. I always say that Facebook is like family, friends. You can just say whatever you want off the cuff. You keep people up to date that you don't have time to talk to every day. Instagram is kind of like a little bit more industry and whatever you're trying to promote. And Twitter is like when everyone's upset or you want to right. hear the juice, how people really feel. And, uh, you know, and it, it, people feel the need to pour their heart out. So it's like, okay. And they do. And then I have some that's like, you know, we have social media deals on the table and they was like, well, um, I'm off social media for the next, I'm not doing social media right now. I said, but you know, we're in the middle of a deal. So, uh, you know, so you can't go radio silent, (laughs) but they do. Sometimes they feel overwhelming and especially with the level of the client where, Everyone has an opinion on everything mm-hmm. they do, um, from their talent criticizing, from their fans to they have to see everything from the praise and uh, with the hate. Oh, sure. Um, all at the same time, and everything they do is under a microscope. 
I assume. I assume that they want to engage, right? Like when you talk about the hate or the trolls, like do they want to jump in? Do they want to respond? Do they want to set the record straight sometimes? Um, on their time. So like I've had a client that made a mistake on um, right there in front of, you know, a large crowd. NBC followed her in the tunnel. And I was like, oh, my oh, God, like mm-hmm. I couldn't be there. So I'm just watching and my heart is breaking at the same time. Like, where where do we draw the line? And she finally responded on Twitter and a little message on Instagram. But it took her a little minute, you know, mm-hmm. so she will. And just um, they had to do it on their own time. And then some just shut down like, oh, sure. I turned off my social media, you know, for a month. I needed a break. But I was like, no one forces you to to post so I was trying to um, remind them social media is a tool for fun for them to express mm-hmm. themselves to their fans and kind of control it from that point versus someone controlling you when you feel like you have to break up with social media well I think it's a good point though like we always tell people self care take time shut down do whatever you need to do to focus on you on the flip side of that though people are making decisions right labels are signing artists uh, movies are placing actors everybody's just brands are, are choosing influencers based on the number of followers you have the number of engagements you have so how do you weigh that the mental health side of it and what's good for the the talent versus what's going to actually bring in the paycheck in the next movie well it's tricky so what I've learned of pitching um I always believe in talent versus um, just social media because mm-hmm. like I might have a picture with three likes on it. Right. And it doesn't look great. But if you really go and look at the numbers, it was viewed maybe 10,000 times. So y'all didn't want to like the picture. So, you know, so just people come by. So I just try to look for numbers um, that might not be shown to the public, but, you know, behind the scenes and then the way I pitch the talent, just off talent versus a number. Mm-hmm. So I try not to get bagged in the corner off a number because um, I have a girl, she's on several hit shows that are all doing well. They've all been nominated. Um, her social media numbers aren't that high, but she hates social media. But good at but, a craft, yeah. Right, meaning people love her character. Mm-hmm. When they mm-hmm. see it and they, if I post it, they're like, you know, it's just, it's hilarious. So she get a lot of praise from that standpoint. Um, it just of trying to her, they want to see that, you know, mm-hmm. she kind of got in trouble with some of the networks for not promoting the show. And she was on two major networks at one time. And they was oh. like, well, what show are you going to promote? And it was just kind of slow. <laughs> and I was like, so she needs to be more active. And it's kind of like, I'm a real person. I don't want to have to do social media. So right. it's kind of like a push. In between. So each person requires different things. Sure. Well, I assume some of them, too, want to be more personal than others. Some maybe just want to post about, you know, here's my new uh, video or here's my new album, whereas some might be like, here's me and my family. Here's what we're doing for Halloween or Christmas or whatever. How do you kind of balance that personal life versus professional life? You know, I always tell you, you control what you put out there. But at the same time, it's like, OK, what for what you put out there lives forever, even if mm-hmm. you delete it. There's always someone that has it. So so you decide what you want to put out there that you can live with and someone wants to take is already there. It's nothing. So just whatever you want to share, because half of the people also that don't like to post Mm -hmm. love watching other people. True. You have to realize that you have fans that live through you. There are people that can't leave the house or just going through a rough time and might get joy in seeing you have joy. And just think about why is uh, someone drinking coffee in the morning, a popular picture? And it's like, man, I need to get some coffee. You know right? what? I needed that. I mean, I'm not drinking coffee right now. Like this person gets me. This mm-hmm. is my mood right now. 
without having to pick up the phone and call anyone. So social media serves so many different emotional levels for people in different ways. And like I said, people live through other people. And sometimes someone want to check on you. They're like, oh, you posted, you're good. You know, you know, he might have stubbed your toe or you're smiling, but they don't know that you're. Because we don't post that. We don't post the negative things. Right. And that's that's part of the problem. There's this unattainable reality of what social media is because people only post the positive. That is true. And I had someone posting a lot of sad things. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what to do with this. And I was like, okay, I said, are you okay? I had to just ask, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Which is the right thing to do. Yeah. And they said, no, I just want to express myself. This is how my day was. And I said, you had a lot of rough days. He said, well, a lot of my friends have rough days. I said, I kind of want you to have a different circle. But if you express yourself, if that's a release, then make sure you come in with a solution to to feel better. Meaning like not have a thread of everyone um, in sorrow or soaking or just in that melancholy place. Because that's not a place you want to stay. So, because everything's not perfect. No, it's not. And I think one of the things we do, you know, with Providence Wellbeing Trust is we've done things like the 30 day challenge, right? Where you actually talk about, okay, it's okay to be depressed. It's okay to feel anxious, but here's some information about it, right? So now you're educated, but then here's also some tips and tricks. And a few of your, actually quite a few of your talent have participated in that. What does it mean for you or for them to be able to use their platform for good like that? 